Welcome to another Wednesday. You're here with Kyara, and I'm looking forward to sitting down and chatting with a new amazing guest. And you get to listen because on Wednesdays, we do podcasts. And here we are on another Wednesday. Thank you all for tuning in. And a big thank you as well to Tessa Kirk from Frankie and Dandelion. Welcome. Thank you for having me. Thank you so much for coming back. For everybody that doesn't know, I did try and do this two weeks ago. And 50 minutes. I was a test run. <laughs> and like a proper test because it didn't fucking work. I forgot to hit record. So I'm sitting here anxiously watching the, the things actually work. So we're good yep. to go, Tess. Yeah, we're good. We're good. We just na- we're just going to nail it this time. Absolutely. Yep. And none of this is scripted, so we'll see if we can do it just as good as we did last time. (laughs) So for everybody listening while driving along in their car or sitting at home, who are you? Okay, uh, I am Tessa Kirk. Um, I'm, well, I can't really say born and bred because I was born in Adelaide, but I've grown up in the Riverland, um, lived here majority of my life. Um, School here, have a business here, have a family here, yeah. Yeah, so mum of two, business of two, like yeah. it's just gone crazy. And yeah. I watch your life via social media. You're one of my very few people that I keep on there because I'm genuinely oh, <laughs> yeah, after my cleanse. And, you know, I just I'm amazed all the time at how you're constantly working at becoming a better businesswoman, a better mum, a better everything. Oh, thank you. That's really nice. No worries. I think I think I'm a yes person so I'm really bad at introducing myself and listing off what I do and like often my husband will say to me like you didn't say this or you didn't say that and I yeah I'm, I'm just a yes person so I'll say yes to any opportunity that comes along anything I can do yeah, yeah. I know to the, your own detriment sometimes yeah, yeah. I'm exactly the yeah. same so when you were growing up because that's something that I really enjoy finding out about yeah. people so you were born in Adelaide but let's talk about the time yeah. when you moved to the Riverland yeah. Tell us about your family. Yeah, so I was two when like I came to yeah, Loxton. So, the so first really, like I say, like born and bred because I have no memory of being yeah. anywhere else <laughs> other than Loxton. Um, yeah, my upbringing, I'm one of five siblings. Um, we've got like a million cousins in my family, lots of aunties and uncles. So, we're, yeah, we're quite a big family um, and family is very important. Very, very close with my sisters and mum in particular. But I think that's just a female thing. Thing. Are you know, only th- sisters, all girls? There's oh I've got two brothers okay. as well. Um, but yeah, definitely like the women in my family. And out of all my cousins, again, we're predominantly girls. Boys are very outnumbered in my family. <laughs> so there's so many strong female relationships in my life, and I'd say that's a big influence on my upbringing. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. So when you um, you schooled in Loxton yeah. as well, all of that sort of stuff. So who are the main people in your life that have led you to be the Tessa that you are now? My mum is huge. Like, my mum is... Your mum's not huge. No. Okay, okay. Sorry, mum. I should rephrase that. She's not huge. Her role in my life is huge. She'll laugh listening to that. Um, yeah, she has probably been the biggest influence um, on me. But I, I reckon I could go out and say um, my sister's as well. Um, she has just instilled confidence and belief in her daughters from day one that we can do whatever we want to do. Um, there was never any limit to yeah what we could achieve. I love that. I love that, yeah. you know, whatever you want to do, you can do it if yeah. you put your mind to yeah. it. 100%. It's not just gonna, but your family's never yeah. silver spooned you. Nothing's no. ever oh, been no. handed to no, you. No, not at all. Planet. No, not at all. We work for what we have. Um, absolutely, I would say. We didn't have a privileged upbringing. Um, money wasn't abundant in my family. It's something that, yeah, anything that us children as adults have, we've 
worked for. Yeah, and that's something that you should pride yourself on too. Yeah, 100%. I'm very proud of that. Absolutely. And I remember in our first chat you were telling me as well about – your grandpa, and that yeah. was something that really stuck to me. Yeah. Who remind me what his influence was on yeah. your family? So my mum's father, um, and I called him my Nandy. Um, he would be the biggest male influence in my life. Um, he is just he. Well, he was. He passed away when I was younger um, in high school, but he was an incredible role model. I think he taught. He was the one who taught me how men should treat women and how men should support women. And he was just the most kind-hearted man. Yeah, yeah, it's it's yeah. beautiful. I I spoke about my grandpa like that as just being like an emotional person yeah, too. That like, was my nandy. Yeah. yeah, yeah. Like I and to this day, I must admit, I don't meet many men that cry. Yes, yes. No, me neither. But my nandy was one of them. Um, and my mum would probably say that he got more emotional the older he yeah. he got. Um, but, you know, he was the person in my family. So I love old musicals. I love classic movies. And I get that from him. Like I have memories of him coming to visit and stay with us and we would watch musicals together. <laughs> I can think of no other man in my life that goes to watch a musical. That goes to watch a musical. I do right now. My husband would never, ever do that. Um, but that was my that was my grandpa. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. So you and I actually did go to high school together, didn't yeah. we? You were yeah. the year above me, if yeah. I remember correctly. Yeah. What was your schooling experience like being primary and uh, yeah. secondary school? Did you have a good time? I have, I think looking back, I have a complicated view on my relationship with school. I was a good student um, up until year 12 when I just crashed and burned. Didn't um, we all? Yeah. <laughs> we'll discuss that later. Yeah. Up until then, though, I was, you know, I'd, an A-grade student. I found school, without being cocky, quite easy. Um, and I enjoyed the academic side of it. Um, friendship side, I always found complicated. I had great friends in high school. I had really close friends, but I think as any girl would know, um, teenage years for girls can be rough. Oh, girls like, are, <laughs> girls are bitches. Like, and I was one you know, of them. Like, oh yeah, we all have our moments. Yes. Um, and so I would say that was quite turbulent, the friendship side for me. Like, like I said, great friends, but there were some pretty hard times as well. It was very up and down. Um, but, yeah, for the most part, I I enjoyed it until the later years of high school. And that more so came from a place of, I guess, what we were talking about earlier. Um, I've always been a very hard worker. I've always been very focused. And I've always had direction in that I knew where I wanted to end up in life. And I was one of those people that, you know, in year 10 when they're asking you, what do you want to do when you're older? I knew what I wanted to do. I knew where I wanted to be. Um, and by the time I got to year 12, I sort of already had my next steps afterwards were already lined out for me. I knew where I was going to go and what I was going to do. So that made me very impatient with school and very, I would have left in year 11 if I could have to just go off and start doing what I wanted to do. Cause I was just wanted to leave and do it. Um, but some wise advice was given to me to just stay in in school and stick it out. I know, and it still blows my mind. To, my sister-in-law's a high school teacher and my other sister-in-law's a primary school teacher, and it always blows my mind that year 10 is the year that you yeah. have to make decisions on the rest of your life, yeah. and I think it's too soon. Yeah, and I think it's probably even younger now. Probably. Because we're old completely, now. <laughs> I know, like, we they talk now. about how, like, you know, what's going on in high school now is so different from when I was there. But I, I completely agree. That age is majority you know, of people don't know what they want to do. Year 10, I look back on and um, I was too interested in drinking sex, 
boys and all of that sort of stuff to, you know, I wanted to be a marine biologist and then by the year 12 came around, the pressure overwhelmed yeah. me. I had some health issues that put me out of school and I couldn't catch up. Yeah, yeah. I was an A-grade student too yeah. and then I realised that maybe what I wanted back in year 10 wasn't what I needed in year yeah. 12. Yeah. And I just felt overwhelmed yeah. and I never feel overwhelmed. Yeah, yeah. And I feel like the school system put that on me. Yeah. Like I can't blame them for yeah. me. I finished like yeah. you did. Yeah, like, yeah, tick, absolutely. Great, safe, fantastic, yeah. finish year 12. But I think there was so much pressure. Did you get pressure to go to university? Um, I I did and there and I was always very determined that I wasn't going to go. I knew that wasn't the path I wanted to take and I that was sort of frowned upon quietly a little bit. Um, and I also think, I don't know if you found this, but being a student who always did well in school, I think there was expectations that I was going to have amazing scores for year 12. And I am also a perfectionist, so I would have put that on me myself. Mm-hmm. Um, but my my health went to crap in year 12. Um, and like I said, my motivation was starting to direct elsewhere to what I wanted to do after school. So I found it really hard, particularly those year 12. But you know what? My health months. went to crap in year 12 yeah. too. What yeah. was your health symptoms in year 12? So, what happened to you? So mine was, which I probably always had the predisposition for it, um, like I already had endometriosis and polycystic ovaries and all of those conditions um, affect your immune system um, and that just all sort of fell in a heap come year 12. It all caught up with me. That was the year, yeah, my endometriosis was worse. Um, I had, yeah, issues with my ovaries. Um, and in hindsight now I can see that that all affected me in so many ways that my fatigue was huge in year 12 that really was probably the biggest thing um and like stress I know now stress affects my immune system um and I can recognize that as an adult but as a 15 16 year old kid I didn't know that that's what it was and they keep piling the stress on yeah I was talking to Leonie last week on um the podcast and Leonie's like I said what's the first step that you can give to people that want to improve their health I didn't say you know, fitness or, for, you know, yeah. the, the way they look. She said, you need to remove stresses yeah, from your life. totally agree. While at school, they just keep piling them on. Totally agree. Totally agree. It's and, unreal. And they tell you that, you know, they're preparing you for the outside world. And to an extent, yes, that's true, the outside world has stress, but you have control over a lot of your factors in the outside world too to remove Like enjoying that what you do. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> exactly. Having a choice in certain things. Um yeah. Yeah, it's unreal. So, I mean, I have followed you on your Instagram page, so I am aware of um, some of the health issues yeah. that you've been dealing with, and I'm so happy that you've been willing to come on and talk about yeah. it because it's just something – women's health is not something that people are willing to talk about. No, and I'm very open about it, particularly on my blogs and Facebook page and Instagram pages um, because I just think it's so important. Yeah, it yeah. absolutely is, and it might not be – easy for everybody to talk about. Not at all. And um, just before we move on with the next segment of this, I would like to make um, clear if something that we're going to talk about, uh, we will be discussing miscarriage in this. If it's something that may prompt you or uh, make you feel uncomfortable, you are more than welcome to tune out if that's what you want to do. And if you need any help, there is a hotline here, 1300 637 and that's from sands.org.au. I did a bit of um, searching before we did this episode on this because some people don't have people to talk to, do no, they, Tessa? No, not at all. Not at all. And I've always said um, as well when I've spoken about my experiences previously, I do it because I know not everybody might be comfortable sharing theirs and my experience doesn't necessarily, necessarily represent 
what somebody else has has gone through because we all respond to things in a different way. But I think it's important to talk about it um, so people know they're not the only one feeling a certain way. I know. And going back to high school and everything that boys just tuning in, we're going to talk about periods. Feel free to tune out. (laughs) Um, Nobody taught me anything. No, no. I I learned like how the reproductive system worked. I learned about safe sex but I didn't learn what to look out for in women's health. And you didn't learn about sex? No. <laughs> no. Teach us how to sex, no. guys. Like, you know, no. But yes. No, in they, all serious, they yes. teach you contraception. Yep. That, that's what really it is. And yep. obviously that's important around high school kids and I understand why they teach that. But there is so much that high school girls, that age group should be aware Absolutely. of Absolutely. And now I actually think earlier. Yeah. Totally agree. I was talking to my sister-in-law about this who works in primary school and there are kids in primary school, you know, poor little souls, and I'm sure lots of people that are listening, you can go, I got my period in high school. Gosh. Yeah, I was one of them that got it in primary school. Yeah. Harsh. Yeah. You know, like I probably was too. I've probably blocked that out of my memory because it's horrific. Yeah. Um, But they don't teach us about all of these important things. So if you could say to some young girl, what are some symptoms or signs that you – found because you've got um, endometriosis and PCOS? Yeah, Yeah, I've got both. Um, I guess for me, the biggest thing I would say is to trust your instincts and get something checked out if you don't feel it's right. You know, for me, my periods were never normal. And there's such a range of what normal can be, but um, the bleeding was heavy. The bleeding was irregular. Um, There was no... There was no pattern to my bleeding. It was just random. And, you know, there is there is fluctuations in women's health, but not to that extent. Um, and I think that that's really important. And pain. Pain is another one that I think we put up with. You know, we take some Panadol, pop some Nurofen, and, you know, if that's not working for you, if you're still in extreme pain after that, if you're doubled over, you can't move, you're vomiting because you're in pain, um, you're taking time off of school or work or, you know, any other commitment because you're in pain. That's, that's not, not normal. normal. And people keep saying that it is. And that's what's frustrating because, um, you know, one of my friends texted me the other day and she's just like, oh, my God, you know, if I knew that I wasn't pregnant, like yeah. I knew that I couldn't be pregnant, I would have thought that I had yeah. a miscarriage. Yeah. That's yes. how bad some yeah. fem- females get it. Yeah. And, yeah. I mean, I'm one of those people that's always been exceptionally heavy. Yeah. Um, I'm very fortunate that I don't have the pain. Yeah. Um, but exceptionally heavy, unpredictable. Yes. That's yeah. what annoyed me. Yeah. You'd be and like, oh, shit. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Exactly. Always have to have something in your bag with you yeah. just in case. Just yeah. in case. Yeah. yeah. And then you're at the toilet every hour. Yeah, yeah. You know, and it's just like yep. you're at sleep at night and you have to go and change your sheets. Yep. It's just, it's not fair. No, it's not. <laughs> and, you know, you're you're a girl in high school and you're worried about, you know, when you stand up from you check your, your chair and your desk, you're worried that, you know, have I leaked through or yeah. is something showing on my bum? Yeah, and that's not and that's not normal. No, no. And I didn't know that until last year. Yeah. I mean, it's normal to be paranoid about it. Yeah. I think we all do that, but, yeah, to be that heavy, that frequently is mm. is not normal. So how have you dealt with it? Oh, that's changed a lot over the years. Um, so I guess, well, I guess it's been, yeah, 10, 10 years. Like I'm 26, I'll be 27 later this year. Um, my, I mean, I was diagnosed when I was 16, but really. Probably since you got it. Yeah. Since I, yeah, I look back in hindsight, yep. I got it two days after my 11th birthday. So 
I don't know if I've, my mass isn't that sharp at the moment, but a long time I've dealt with this anyway. And I've tried a combination of things. Um, you know, I've had, I've been on different pills. Um, I've had multiple surgeries for the endometriosis and the polycystic ovaries. So I've had um, cysts burst. Was your endo in, inside only or had it escaped the uterus? It had escaped the uterus. Excellent. Um, so I've had it in all sorts of places. I've had it on my bowels. Um, oh. I've had it on my bladder. I've had my, um, now I'm not a doctor, so I will pronounce it wrong, Ureta, urethra, urethra, your wee yeah, yeah. So the tube, um, I've had that plastered down to the side of my stomach because yeah, I've had cool. that much tissue yeah. growing over it. Um, yeah, I've had a very complicated, Riddled. Riddled. Yeah, very complicated <laughs> history. Yeah. Um, but yeah, I've managed it in multiple ways: surgeries, um, pills. I've seen naturopaths, um, diet, exercise, pain relief. Do you know what my um, everybody keeps saying to me is? Um, all of your health issues will be solved with a baby. Oh, yeah. I got told that too. Did it yeah. fix it? Oh, no. Not at all. Oh, cool. Yeah. No, no, no. It came back. Don't worse, just have a kid, probably. Guys. Yeah, no, no. Definitely 100% do not do it just because. Um, and I think that's such a big misinformation that's out there. I mean, your cycle definitely, for some women, does change after having a baby, but it doesn't fix it. Um, and yeah, mine, mine came back straight away. So it by no means fixed any problems. Yeah. Yeah. And after even all of these issues, um, you did manage to get pregnant. How yeah. old were you when you got pregnant? Yeah. So Flynn, my eldest, he was born three weeks before my 21st birthday. Uh, Happy so, 21st. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> I had a great 21st. <laughs> no, I did. I was cuddling a newborn. Um, yeah, so I was 20 when I was pregnant with him. And to be completely honest, it took 18 months of trying with a miscarriage in the middle there. Um, to get him and I think that's something that surprises people because there's not a lot of um, 18 19 year olds out there that talk about trying for a baby it's one of those things that you say and people are like why I was actively not trying yeah <laughs> but that's what yeah. most people are doing um, I guess for me I was in a long-term relationship by then and why the fuck not we knew we wanted to be parents in the future we knew that um, already I'd had two surgeries by then for my endometriosis we knew that if we waited 10 years, um, our path to become parents could be a lot more complicated, a lot more expensive. Uh, so we just decided to start, start trying. Early. We thought we'd rather be parents young than not at all. Mm -hmm. um, and, yeah, I'm glad we did because it, it definitely still, even being young, wasn't a straightforward um, path to getting pregnant. So you mentioned that before having Flynn you um, were unfortunate and you did lose a baby. Yeah. At what like week, I don't, uh, I don't we know were, what the correct terms yeah, are. Yeah, no, we yeah. were eight weeks, um, yeah. which is quite a common sort of time uh, time for people who miscarry to yep. miscarry. It's certainly, I know people that have miscarried a lot later than that. Um, Not that it makes it any harder or easier. No, it doesn't. I can't and it anyway. in a in a weird way, I was lucky in that with my that particular miscarriage, um, I cleared it naturally. So, so it all came out like a period I guess yeah. um, except a lot heavier and a lot more painful um, but I didn't have to go have a scrape or a clean uh, or a DNC or anything like that um, like which could be an inappropriate do. question but at eight weeks is there a baby like you yeah know. it's not it's 
when you see it on like an ultrasound, it's not, they don't look like what it's I guess you would little, imagine a typical baby. It looks a like a little worm. a little blob there with yeah. a flickering, yeah. um, well, little in heart. that case, not a flickering heartbeat, yeah. obviously. Yeah. But um, yeah, that's what it looks like. On and a, I guess that although you have to deal with that by yourself with no planning, um, mm. I can imagine that would be slightly less confrontational than having to go have it in a surgery or whatnot yeah. if you lost one. Yeah, absolutely. Way. I think... I mean, I have I obviously didn't experience that way. I would imagine it could be a lot more traumatic that way. And I think a lot of women struggle too with the fact that, like, like we just said, it doesn't look like a baby on the screen. You don't have a bump by that stage. You just there's nothing loaded. to prove yeah. that you know you've got no evidence of that baby that you lost. And, and yet often you, you haven't feel, told anyone. No, and yet as a woman, you feel an attachment to that baby, that little flickering heartbeat from the moment you find out, and it's it's a whole range of emotions or in my case it was and one of the things that was the hardest was that you know I felt like yeah I'd lost a baby that I didn't even have to begin with um and that's a hard that's a hard thing to yeah talk about yeah absolutely so who did you talk about it to um I'm lucky in that I've got a very support well now husband he was my partner at the time um and my mum um, and a couple of close friends. But to be honest with you, I that first miscarriage, I didn't talk to anybody about. Um, I guess I was, like I said before, I was quite young. So, yeah. I mean, none of my friends at that age, if they had had miscarriages, I didn't know about it. Um, and it wasn't something that was openly spoken about. So I, I did tuck away a lot of those emotions and didn't speak about it um, until, yeah, now in my older years. And I've since gone through another miscarriage as well and it was after that second time that I really really decided no I'm going to talk about it so you had your miscarriage and then you got pregnant again yeah got pregnant again and like once again inappropriate question but did that make it easier no 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 and I were you constantly concerned about losing him yeah yeah that whole um that whole first 12 weeks you know everybody tells you you get to the magic 13 week mark which is you know crap because there's so many women that experience issues after that um but that definitely for me that whole first trimester was filled with fear um and and I still even though like now I've got two children um but I still think of those babies that I lost and I call them my babies even though you know physically they were they were never here and and um didn't be brutally honest yeah physically they never looked like babies but they were they were my babies yeah yeah, yeah. and you still put just as much effort yeah. into making yeah. those ones yeah exactly yeah, yeah exactly <laughs> <laughs> yeah I mean I can't even begin to imagine and I think that um I've said it before how sometimes I feel this like guilt about maybe not wanting to have kids yeah. and then people you know wanting so desperately to have yeah. them not being able to yeah. have them but I think that talking about yeah. it at all yeah is better than not talking I totally about agree it. and I guess in a similar way I feel guilty talking about you know my miscarriages and my fertility issues and I'm somebody that's lucky and I've ended You've got up two- with two children and I know there's people out there going through um their own fertility issues and they they don't have any children yet and they may not end up with children um so yeah I think I think the important thing is that if you are comfortable to speak about it do it because yeah. there is somebody who will relate to that I know, and it was during high school even, I look back, and me and my friends never talked about anything. Um, We'd talk about boys and that sort of, you know, sex, but we wouldn't talk about our own lives. We wouldn't talk about our periods. We wouldn't talk about, you know, the way that we felt. Yeah. 
And now going back on it, you know, I said to one of my girlfriends, I'm like, you should come on the podcast. We should talk about friendships, relationships. She's like, you could just record one of our phone calls. Yeah. yeah. And I was like, why at our most vulnerable times when we need to talk about these things the most, do we not? And do you know what? I wonder, is it that as we get older, we talk about it more openly, which yes, we probably do. And I can, well, I'm not a high school girl anymore, so I don't know. I, I would wonder if, they do talk about it more openly now. You know, social media wasn't what it is now when I was in high school. Um, and I think certainly like endometriosis and polycystic ovaries, there is more awareness around those things now. There's still a lot more to be done. Um, but I do wonder if maybe they talk about it more, but I don't know. Yeah, there's certainly a lot more um for people to be able to look up on, isn't yeah, it? You were yeah. only telling me earlier yeah. about a Facebook page that you yes. found um, very handy. Yes, so that's something that's just um, come about in the last few years. So for anybody out there also with endometriosis, um, Endoactive Australia, um, it might be Endoactive Australia and New Zealand, but if you type in Endoactive, you'll find it. Uh, and that's a great resource of so much variety of information um, and that's purely what it is to provide a wealth of information. Absolutely. Do you know what I find though with some of these sites and this is me now being negative Nancy that sometimes people um, like fester on it Yeah. and you know they go on these forums and they're like uh, well is me and it absolutely is I'm not saying that the situation that you're in is not terrible but sometimes the best thing that you can do yeah. is fill yourself with positive people yeah. go and do things and stuff like that. So Although these sites are great, jump on there, yeah. learn as much as yeah. you can, do something about it. Yeah, yeah, to- totally agree. Um, be proactive in it. Go see a doctor. If you're not happy with that doctor, um, with the, necessarily their opinion or how they treat you, go get a second opinion. Take that control into your go hands. Go get a third. Go get a third. Keep going back. I did. I It wasn't straightforward for me. I had to keep pushing and pushing and pushing. And sometimes you feel like you're going crazy and, and you start to question yourself and you go, am I making all this up in my head? Do I really feel as bad as I think I do? Um, but when you finally find a doctor who listens to you and you get that positive experience with one, um, it makes it worth it. Do you think that being a rural-based female that finding somebody that will listen or perhaps specializes in the things excuse me that you have is harder 100 percent, 100 percent. um and that's you know that's purely our resources here in the country that's not necessarily having a go at any of the doctors or wonderful people in our community I'm sure they're all doing their best but the knowledge base isn't necessarily here and it's taken it's taken me well yeah over 10 years to find doctors that I am comfortable with and that listen to and appreciate my backstory. And that's only because I've got a whole wealth of, you know, medical history behind me now that I can walk into a doctor's here and they know to take my case seriously. It wasn't like that when I was a teenager before I got diagnosed. It was really hard. I know. I had to beg to get a referral to a specialist. And then, you know, I was lucky enough to get into a specialist that comes up here. Yeah. Um, So we, for everybody that's in the Riverland, we do have visiting gynecologists. Um, I can't give them a 10 out of 10 review, but they're there. Yeah, they're there. And it's something Um, if you can't afford to or can't get to Adelaide to see a private specialist or whatever, it's a good stopgap. Um, Did you have the same sort of experience? 100%. I vividly remember now, I can't remember exactly how old I would have been. It would have been around the 15 year old Mark vividly remember being in pain in a doctor's office with that doctor saying to me well if there's something wrong with you and I say if because he was implying that it was all mental um 
it's something that we've never seen in the Riverland and I suggest you go outside of it to get another opinion. And that that hurt. Like and that what that being made told me that you're question different myself. At 15 is yeah, the last thing that you I need to I felt like hear. I was going crazy. I'm like am I just making all this up? Do I not have the pain that I think I do? Um but again, it comes back to mum and I was lucky to have her support. And you have a history of this, don't you? Yeah. Your so, family is- yeah, we have a really huge family history of endometriosis and at the time when I was experiencing my problems, I had an older cousin who had just gone through a whole heap of surgeries with her endometriosis. So I was, um, again, lucky in the you sense that I knew, I knew what to look out for and we knew to just keep pushing. And because she was in Adelaide and um, had a fantastic specialist up there, so we already had that contact to just walk into the doctors here and say, no, this is the person I, I want to go to. to. Yeah. yeah. I remember... Um, so back, I don't know, let's say 12 months ago, I um, I just went to the doctors and I was like, I'm not feeling right. Yeah. There's something wrong. And they're like, you got to be more specific. I was like, I can't. Yeah. I've got nothing. Yeah. I'm tired, you know, and I'm like waiting for the, them to hit me with it. Do you think you might have depression? Yeah. Thing? And I was like, do not try yeah. that. Yeah. I, there's something wrong. Yeah. Anyway, they're like, oh, look, we're going to do an ultrasound, see if there's anything going wrong. Hormones is the most thing that we find in people your age. Beautiful. Yeah. They found this cyst which was something called a dermoid cyst. It's disgusting. Essentially, it's not full of fluid like a lot of people's cysts on their ovaries are. Mine was made of hair and teeth and skin. Yeah. Ew. Um, (laughs) So I was, like, growing this disgusting, like, lump of myself inside. (laughs) And anyway, so they said, oh, you should get it out because it's going to continue to grow and it could twist your ovaries, blah, blah, blah. I'm like, cool, whip her out. At no point did anybody say, hey, Connie, are you going to lose that? Yeah. Like, Anyway, whatever. So you lost the whole ovary? A lot of it. Yeah. There's still yeah. some there, but it do- yeah. it can't produce eggs now. So it's yeah. still there, yeah. um, but it doesn't. It's not as functional. It's not, yeah, yeah. it's not fully functioning. Um, so anyway, that's gone. But um, then six, I had some reoccurring stuff from that surgery and um, like them not stitching my belly button back yeah. properly. Yeah. Like, <laughs> guys, yeah. <laughs> that's not an it's not supposed to have a hole in it. Like yeah. my belly button was bleeding for weeks yeah. and nobody was like, oh, yeah, that's normal. Stop moving. Stop exercising. I'm like, guys, I'm not exercising. Yeah. I can promise you that. Yeah. Anyway, they forgot to stitch it up. Oh, cool. Um, so got that fixed. And then one night I just keeled over, yeah. like in this huge pain that I've never experienced because this little dermoid cyst gave me nothing. I couldn't yeah. feel it. We only found it by accident. Anyway, I had like another cyst rupture. Yeah. And cyst bursting is the, like, I've had two babies and I've also had a cyst burst and I put it up there with labour pain. <laughs> like, it is brutal. Why yeah. does nobody tell you yeah. this? And I went to the doctors and they're like, oh, it's probably a cyst rupture, the pain will go away in two days. A week yeah. later, yeah. I'm still on, like, tramadol like a drug addict. Yeah. Like, can't leave bed, yeah. you know, I've had to, sorry, work, you know. Yeah. I'm going to have to only do half days because this gal can't sit. Yeah. It's horrific and I got made to feel. Yes like I was less than because yes. I couldn't cope with the pain. Yes. Well, I had my, similarly, I was at home one day. I vividly remember I was in my kitchen. Um, I was home, yeah, I was by myself in my kitchen and I just had, like, it feels like you have been stabbed, stabbed, stabbed ripped apart. Like, it was horrific. I just dropped to the floor in so much pain um, and went up to the uh, emergency um, at the hospital and, before I told them my, all my history and I have a very long history obviously as we all know and the particular doctor I saw that day tested me for absolutely everything pregnancy you must be except pregnant except pregnancy and you know I understand there's a routine they have to follow but 
bedside manner goes a long way. And, you know, it was STDs. It was Classic. pregnancy. It was, oh, how many partners do you have? Oh, just the one. But they still look at you and don't believe you for that anyway. And, you know, I know that there's a reason why they have to do all of that. But give some girls some more credit. Yeah. 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 It's really hard. And you I guess... You shouldn't have to fight to You be, shouldn't have yeah. to fight to be listened to. Yeah. And that's that's the hardest thing. And I think, you know, we're strong women too. Yeah. Yeah. A lot of people would have given up. Oh, absolutely. A lot of people would have just gone home and put up with it. And I did for a few days and then I went, nah, that's still not right. You ended up having surgery for I that, did, didn't you? Yeah. What do they, what's that for? So I do ended they up. stitch it back up or something? So I ended up having surgery and they removed the burst cyst. Um, the, as you were saying before, sometimes when the cyst bursts, now again, I'm not a doctor, but your body gets rid of it. It absorbs it. Yeah. yeah. Mine didn't. It plastered down my, now I'm going to say that word again, ureter, uh, to my stomach wall. And it also plastered my ovary down to my stomach wall. So that was incredible pain. Um, And, yeah, so they had to cut away that that Yeah, I mean, mine was really lucky, like I said. It it caused some blood, which gives you an infection. That's where the pain comes from. Um, But mine, thankfully, got absorbed. And by the time I actually went up and got to the specialist in Adelaide and had the ultrasound, there was only a small amount of fluid left. They confirmed, yep, that's exactly what you had. Unfortunately, it's too late to treat now. Probably should have had some antibiotics for the infection. But, look, it's done. And that day... I got my first pap smear since I was way too long. Yeah. Yeah. That's something that... That's another thing not talked about. That's yeah. another thing not talked about and not done. And I remember my first one, and it's probably because I was much younger. Yeah. It was horrific. Yeah. The experience was, yeah. like, demeaning and demoralising. Yeah. And I think, again, um, and that's... I wonder if that's something unique to country as well because we don't necessarily have an abundance of choice doctors so for a lot of girls here that can be intimidating going and having your first pap smear when you're seeing a doctor that you also see at the footy on the weekend or you know out and about down the main street not that they care you know? um but but young the, girls absolutely care. yeah absolutely and but the doctors no the do- no, no. I mean. um my gynecologist told me something interesting because i was one of those like uh people that's like i don't need to worry about that i had my cervical cancer injection i don't have aids don't have STDs. I just assumed all of this myself, obviously. And um, I had my cervical cancer injection and she's like, cool, that protects you against like one out of the gazillion strains. She's like, girl, you're still going to get your pap smear. She's like, now it's once every five years. So you've got five years. Congratulations. Your 30th birthday present. You can get a pap smear. Um, But yeah, like nobody talks about it. And so I messaged my friends and I was like, girls, go get your bitch checked. Maybe what we need to do is have like, you know, like a sex toy party, but instead of just for pap smears and, yeah. like, a, a pap nurse can come around and, and everybody know can that, get pap smears. And, you know, <laughs> tell, and be honest with the girls and say, you know, like, you know, we all hear about how important it is and also equally just say, you know, it is uncomfortable for that few seconds, but then it's done and you are either given A, peace of mind, or B, results that you, need you needed to know. Yeah. yeah. And mine wasn't, that's what I was going to say. Yeah. Mine was far less uncomfortable than I ever yeah. remember it being. And I don't know if it was because it was done by a woman and she yes. knows how uncomfortable it was, but yes. it could just be, I'm older now, you know, and it's just easier. I've I don't had know. pap smears done by both male and female doctors. And I can say with a hundred percent honesty, it has been more comfortable with a female. Um, and number one, maybe I've been more relaxed, but there is something different and 
yeah, yeah. And you've maybe it's because they've you've had babies, yeah. so it's like one, they've seen all of that. One, once that's happened, <laughs> yeah, yeah. You kind of those things you don't worry about as much after a baby. They've seen it all. Did you, you have your babies you naturally? Care. Yeah, so yeah. Not, as, well, yeah, through my vagina. Yes. Yeah, naturally. Yeah. I don't know what the right word to yeah. say is. I don't know. You didn't get cut open like no. a fish. Yeah. No. <laughs> No, no, no. Yeah, so, yeah, yeah. So, yeah, vaginal births for both my kids. Yeah. yeah. Does yeah. it go back to normal? I think so. You don't know. I think don't so. get a mirror out. Uh, I'm, no, always I'm, curious. Not, I'm not one of those people. You know, people talk about that. Like, do people actually do that with a mirror? I've never have, so. No, I've never done that. I haven't ch- I had children. I've never checked no, that out. No, I haven't had any I don't too. know. Maybe that's something that you should do too, like your breast checks. Maybe. I don't do breast checks either. Do you know what? I'll be honest, I don't either. And that's probably really bad. We it probably, probably should. is. We probably yeah. should. But this is why. I think mine feel all lumpy and bumpy now. Yes, I agree with you. I've had maybe, <laughs> yeah, I do agree with you. But that's, again, something that we're not taught. What Like what's normal and what's not normal. Yeah. Yeah. And I remember going into the doctor because, like, obviously, I'm, I sound like a hypochondriac because I talk about all of this stuff. Anyway. I went to the doctor for something else. I was like, while you're here, can you just check my boobs because there's a lump in it? And he's like, you're 26, haven't had children, you're going to have lumps. I was like, well, nobody fucking told me that. Yeah, yeah. And that you can just have hormonal lumps as well. Yes. So, like, certain times, times of the month. month. Yeah. Because I had one, um, yeah, probably 12 months, two years ago. And it was the same thing. It kept popping up. And I was like, I don't know what that is. Is that normal? But do I have cancer? That's what you automatically think. Yeah. Yeah, 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 total, like you said, hypochondriac. And so I went in and got it checked and they said the same thing. You have, like, you can have hormonal lumps appear. But I never knew that. Yeah, so I think we need to, like, make this thing where you do that on a regular yeah. basis but you talk to other people You know what it? would be amazing would be to have information nights where you have these health professionals speak all about this and girls can go along to and have the, all that information given to them. Let's, because it's not. What have we got oh to my God, I just come up with an idea. <laughs> we can franchise yeah. it. Yeah. Or trademark that. Yeah. No, but we absolutely should. And it should be like, you know, sex ed for adults. Yeah. Yeah. Agree. I am actually having on a women's he- uh, health doctor. Fantastic. And I'm really excited about it. Met her um, drunk at the Locks North Footy Club when that's how like, all great friendships are It's formed. all how, yeah. exactly. And, um... And I don't know how the conversation happened, but she was like, Clara, you got to go get a pap smear. This was years ago. <laughs> anyway, I've done it. Um, but I want to ask her all of these questions. Yeah. And I think that there's so many. It's I'm going to call it like Dolly Doctor. Yeah. Yes. You know when people used to message in or what a write in whatever happened back in the day and ask all of these questions? Yeah. I want to yeah. get them answered. And that's a fantastic idea because you've got this great podcast that can sit there as a resource for these girls who want to know, and they can get the answers from a health professional, not a fashion boutique owner sitting here <laughs> telling you about her life story. Yeah, or me, who's yeah. got no fucking experience yeah. in nothing. But you know what? We're talking about it, which is a step more than everybody Absolutely. else. And it's so you've got to give yourself credit. And it's life experience. And it's, I mean, I I personally enjoy hearing, not other people's like problems. I don't wish those problems on them, but I enjoy hearing other people's experiences. And I think the good and the bad, because it teaches you that what you're going through isn't, isn't, you're not the only one. Have you ever had people say that you overshare? Have you ever had anybody complain about your posts or anything like that? Not to my face. No. (laughs) (laughs) Not to my face. So I assume not. Um, 
But then I, I'm always very open to the fact that people don't have to follow if they find it uncomfortable. That's what I love about podcasts. And that's the thing. They don't have to listen. They don't have to read my blog if they don't aren't interested yeah, in it. If you but it's like, there for those who are. Absolutely. Yeah. And um, I guess before we wrap up, um, I ask every person that comes on the show three things that they hate. Okay. Because of my things that grind my gears episode. Yeah. Oh, I heard that. And you know your late people one? I'm a late person. Oh. <laughs> I am that person. I am so bad at it. And I feel so... See, I was late tonight. Yeah, but you messaged me. Yeah, true. you got two kids and two businesses. Yeah, I, I, I admit that I'm late at least. And I was here 15 minutes early. But I'm, <laughs> I am the one that my friends will say, oh, Tess will be late. I'm always late. Yeah. yeah. That's an ethnic thing. Yeah, I think it is too. It's I blame a- my family because like... The Lakakuses are known for being late everywhere. Yeah. Anyone listening to this that knows the Lakakus will know that we are always <laughs> They're late. They're all nodding their heads. Yeah, yeah we're always late. Yeah. yeah. So um, while, I'll give you a second to think about okay. it while I sort of plan to wrap up. But three things that you don't like. They don't have to be important. They can be petty. You listen to my episode. So for everybody listening while Tess is thinking about the three things that she doesn't like, I just want to um, shout out to anybody there that's been dealing with any of the stuff that Tess, um, Tessa or myself are dealing with. Um, Tessa also has a very successful fashion boat boutique Frankie and Dandelion Uh, so you can check that out on Facebook Instagram or on her website www.frankieanddandelion.com.au she's also got a blog it's called mum in style is that right and you can find that on Instagram Instagram, Facebook and we've got a website for that too awesome and that's more way if you want to follow her personal journey as opposed to her business journey jump on that and give it a follow so any follow that comes from this Wednesday onwards knows because they listen to the podcast yeah I'll credit to Tara (laughs) (laughs) beautiful so we've done all of that important stuff now hit us with a couple of things that really grind your gears okay what do I hate what do I hate um well this one will be a petty one but I hate pork it stinks. I just hate it. It's just, you know, and I know there's people out there that love it and, like, you know, pork belly always looks amazing on menus. I hate it. And funny story, my husband, when we first got together, you know, trying to woo me, cooked me. I went over to his house. He was like, I'll cook you dinner. He got there. He cooked me a beautiful pork roast. I couldn't eat it. <laughs> <laughs> but he was a butcher, wasn't he? And he was a butcher. Uh, yeah, yeah. Can't eat pork. Look, hate pork. Not going to lie. I'm a bit picky. I don't mind bacon. Do you eat bacon? Yeah, I eat bacon, but bacon. like pork. Yeah. Like as in like when I say pork, I'm yeah, like the you know, white pork meat. roast. The like, white Yeah, yeah. No, yeah not, even not crackling. The... I don't like crackling. Mm. No. Okay, we yeah. can agree to disagree yeah. on the crackling, but I'm with yeah. you on the pork. <laughs> it smells funny. And my yeah. my um partner, he is a farmer and they've got pigs. And that's put me off. Yeah, yeah. Pigs would. are real cute. Yeah, but they would. fucking stink. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. So, right. yeah, hate pork. What else do I hate? At least we know not what to cook you if we ever have you over. For yeah, time. that's right. Just don't cook me pork. I'll eat most other things. I can't think of anything else I don't really eat. Oh, pork and asparagus. They're the two things I don't eat. I love asparagus. No, I hate it. It does make your wee smell funny. Yeah, it's just, I don't know. Nobody talks about that either, the way that asparagus makes your wee smell. Nobody really talks about their wee in general, all the different shades it can be. Another thing with, (laughs) although this is off topic and it's not something that I hate, but speaking of things that girls don't talk about, girls, when you have sex, wee afterwards. Oh, so important. You will end up with a UTI and they do not teach you that in high school. No, you got to wee straight away. Yeah. So there's, there's a hate. They don't teach you that when you're younger. No, they don't teach you anything important. No. So that it teaches you all about stupid shit, not tax and yeah. important life skills yeah. and pissing Other after you have sex. Like that. Yeah. So that's a really important I thing. I think boys have to wee too. I don't know that for a yeah, fact, I don't but know I'm pretty that. sure they I have know. to clean because that's the same tube. Well, yeah, that's That's true. the same tube you've got to yeah, clean Yeah, I don't know how boys, all that stuff if works. If you're still tuned in, boys, make sure you wee. <laughs> <laughs> if we haven't put you off from all the vagina period talk. <laughs> uh, okay, one more thing that I hate. I don't, I guess... 
I guess the opposite to that could be the thing that I appreciate most is authenticity. So you hate and honesty. So I hate fake people. I just that is my absolute pet hate. Um, You know, I. That doesn't mean everybody has to be as open as I am and comfortable sharing everything that I share um, because I could be an oversharer, but just don't be fake. Yeah. Yeah. Hundred percent. And I've talked about in other episodes about me being a chameleon and changing, but I will never be fake. And I'm the same. And I, well, you're, you work in sales in your everyday life. So do you. So do I. And it's, it's, it's a sense, I think that's part of our nature is that you can relate to anybody that you speak to um but there's a difference between doing that and being fake like I'll never tell somebody in my shop that that dress looks great on you if I don't think it does um I, I just won't do but that but you won't go hun you look fat no no I'll do it in a nice way because I'm a nice person but I won't yeah yeah authenticity I respect fakeness I hate beautiful yeah well, I think that wraps us up, Tess. Yeah. Has that been as good as episode one that we recorded that never made it to air because I hit record? I, I think it's been better. I feel like we did it better. I feel like we just knew what points we wanted to hit this time. Yeah. I'm so proud of us. Yeah, I don't think I stuttered as much this time either. Hopefully it's it exciting talking on like... The, like I love it. It's amazing. We'll have to have you back on. Yeah, I would love to. Speaking of having her back on, I did mention that Tess is a very successful businesswoman, so I would love to hear more about how we do that. So in season three, we are going to do a women in business, and it doesn't have to be women in business, people in business special. Awesome. So we'll have to get you back on and you can Wouldn't love us to. in with all of the business side of things yeah. and less personal. All the other side of my life. <laughs> Not the period. The other the 50 bullshit. million things I deal with. <laughs> <laughs> well, until next week, guys, thank you, Tess, and thanks everyone for listening. Until then, you keep doing you huns thanks for having me beautiful